0: better with Dr. Erica. Be better, do better. do better. better with Dr. Erica. Be better. Hey, y'all, it's Dr. Erica here. Welcome, welcome. It's my pleasure to welcome you to another bonus episode of Better with Dr. Erica. Thanks for listening during this break between season two and season three. As promised, I'm not going to leave you hanging without new content while my team is working hard to get season three ready so it can be the best season yet. You know what? I'm going to miss this one-on-one quality time when I have to go back to sharing you with a guest now we're four episodes into the break now notice i said break in air quotes even though you can't see my air quotes you may have already guessed who my guest is (laughs) if you haven't it's all good my guest is me (laughs) again i'm an only child so i feel like i'm living all of my only child life in these solo episodes you're going to have a chance to see all up in my head again this is a special episode because it's an Ask Dr. Erica episode, so I'm going to be actually answering your questions. But some of the specific questions this episode is going to answer is how to find an African-American therapist. Is virtual mental health treatment as good as in person? How to know when to actually get help? And what do you do to break the monotony of the pandemic? Because I want to make sure that we, we leave on a little bit of a higher note. Now, I'm even going to do something fun by finally answering these this or that questions that I asked my guests. So you're going to get to hear my answers. Now, we'll be doing that first. So those questions I said we'd answered, hang on. They're going to be after I answer those this or that questions. Now, with the recent death of Regina King's son, Ian Alexander Jr. in the news, I want to take some time to discuss how to know when to see a mental health professional, where to find one, and talk about services going virtual, especially since the pandemic continues to rage on. You'll want to stay on until the last moment because this information can not only help you, but it can help you support your loved ones, your co-workers, and other people you know in the community. Now, you know we have some shareable moments here. Now, here in Better Nation, we post the quotes or memorable moments on social media with the hashtag Veteran Nation. So... Now you know how to share, you know what you're listening to. Let me just tell you a little bit about me because everybody might not know me. So if you don't know me or you just can't remember exactly who I am, here you go. I'm Dr. Erica, Harvard-trained, double board-certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I'm extremely passionate about helping people be better, do better, and live better. I do that through my adult telepsychiatry practice, my speaking my books, including Fix your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love and Legacy, along with this podcast, Better with Dr. Erica. I do all of this to help busy people like you that give and give and give and show up for work. You show up for your family, you show up for your friends, you show up for your community, but you often don't show up for yourselves. I do all of this to put you back in your life. So even though I'm the guest today, it's not all about me. So let's go ahead and get to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Well, welcome to this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. This is a special Ask Dr. Erica episode where I answer your questions. Doesn't that sound like fun? Before we get to the more serious stuff about mental health, I wanted to start off by actually answering my own this or that questions because I've been asked what would be my answers? So this is like your own little getting to know me segment. (laughs) Let's start. Steak or sushi? Now, there was a time in my life it would definitely be steak, but I love sushi, even though I have not had sushi as much in the pandemic because something about getting it to go, it just doesn't quite feel right. The next one is ice cream or cake. Y'all, even though I did discover Jenny's ice cream, and it is super yummy, and my guest for the Food Safety episode, Kim Williams, makes the absolute best ice cream, and if you know her personally, ask her about that goat cheese and cherry situation she makes. That is phenomenal, but I have to answer cake. I grew up on cake, 7-Up Cake, Pound Cake, Socket Cake, Jewish Apple Cake. My mom makes this stunning carrot cake. I love cake. Now, the next one is tea or coffee. I have to decisively say tea. I am a heavy tea drinker. I love tea. Tea makes me happy. It's one of my hacks for something to immediately lift my mood. If I'm feeling stressed, overwhelmed, or I just want to smile, I make me a cup of tea. Now, I do love the smell of coffee because my whole family used to get around the coffee table drinking coffee or the even the kitchen table. So I love the smell of coffee. I just honestly don't like the taste. The last one is running or biking. Well, uh, running is not my ministry, so I'd have to say biking, but it's really indoor biking on my Peloton. There you have it. (laughs) This or that of Dr. Erica. So now let's get on to the more important stuff. So the first thing is you may be wondering why mental health even matters, because I know sometimes people talk about mental health but everyone's not sure why they should even care about it. So let me let me give you a few few stats and put it into perspective for you. 1 in 5 adults in the US experience mental illness every year. 1 in 5. 1 in 6 United States youth aged 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. So we heard 1 in 5 for grown-ups, 1 in 6 for kids and teens. That's a lot. Now, only one in three, one in three African-Americans who need mental health care receive it. So you know what that means? Most of the people that are African-American that need mental health care are not getting it. Now, compared with the general population, African-Americans are less likely to be offered either evidence-based medication therapy or psychotherapy. That just breaks down and says that compared with other folks, when African-Americans do seek treatment, they don't usually get the best stuff. Suicide is the second, I said second, not not like 10th, 20th, 30th, second, like one, then two. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34 in the United States. So I want to bring that up because all of these statistics tell you There's no way that this isn't all of our problem. Because there are some people that sit up and say, hey, mental health, that's not my problem. Well, if it's not you, you know somebody. You have a family member. You have a friend, coworkers, or people that even work for you, community members, depending on what your job is, people you serve. There are people you are, are around that are dealing with this. So it's important to know something. Because it helps us be more compassionate human beings. It also helps us be able to support ourselves and others better and hopefully get us on a path where we can start preventing some of these horrible consequences that can come with mental health. The news of Regina King's son, Ian Alexander Jr.'s tragic death by suicide was recently in the news. And suicide touches so many people. It touches people of all races and backgrounds. And it touches people from the people that die by suicide or attempt suicide. Because everyone that attempts, all of them don't actually die. To the people that live and care about them that are left behind. So there are so many people touched by this that I want you to be armed with the information so that this isn't happening so much and when it happens that you're able to still live. Now we talked about some statistics in the United States just to put it into a global perspective. I'm not going to we're not going to do stats all day. So this is the last one. Depression is also the leading cause of disability worldwide. Yeah, worldwide, really. So your mental health is a huge component of your quality of life. And you deserve to have great mental health and mental wellness because I want you to have a great life. Part of what we talk about is putting you back in your life. And I want that life to be great. I want that life to be that life you deserve so you can be better, do better and live better. And a cornerstone of that is having healthy mental health. So let's talk about how to actually make this happen. So we're gonna get to these questions that I told you we gonna answer. We're going to actually get to them now. So a question I get asked everywhere, it came up when I recently spoke at Dr. Jada's Girl Get Ready for 2022 Virtual Wellness Summit. It came up when I talked at the National Alliance of Mental Illness Delaware's conference. It came up when I spoke with the gatherings. It comes up literally every time I speak, is how do you find an African-American, or depending on what lexicon you are personally using, Black therapists. Um, Intertwined in this, I will answer a few ways to find someone, but there are some specific considerations that people will have um, when they're looking for someone that looks like them. And part of the reason people may be looking for a black therapist is because there are some things that are unique to the experience of being black in America. Um, And as we talked about, sometimes African-Americans don't always get the best care. So let's go back to how do you find an African-American therapist? There are three ways I would recommend. The first one is you can go to a website that specializes in black mental health professionals. The number one site for that to me is therapy for black girls. They didn't pay me. I am not sponsored by them, (laughs) but therapy for black girls. The reason I love therapy for black girls is when you look at therapy for black girls, pretty much everyone that lists there is black. Now, even though it's therapy for black girls, most of the people will also treat men. So I say it's a great place to find black mental health professionals because the second place to find them is psychology today because almost everyone lists with psychology today. The downside of looking at psychology today is that then you end up doing the picture game where you look at everyone's picture and try to figure out if someone looks Black. And as we all know, (laughs) trying to figure out if someone's African-American by their looks can be a little challenging. And then also the pictures are small. So that's a place you can look. But um, therapy for Black girls I love because you're going to find Black people there. The third is ask your friends. So we had number one, therapy for black girls. Number two, psychology today. Number three, phone a friend, ask a friend, ask someone you know. A lot of times people are seeing folks, but they aren't always talking about it. And you'd be surprised when you ask how many people are actually seeing a mental health professional that they like, and they can tell you who they're doing. It's kind of like finding a hairdresser. A lot of times you find a hairdresser by asking, who do your friends use? So that's the answer to that one. Now, a question I got the other week was, is virtual as good as in-person? Now, one of the reasons this is coming up is telemedicine and utilizing it for mental health services has been out a long time. But it really came to the forefront in the pandemic when everybody has been physically distancing. And let me tell you about it. So, yes. The answer to it is, yes, it can be just as good. There are some special circumstances where, at least in my clinical opinion, in-person is more ideal than virtual. And that's for people that are really, really sick. If people are, are having a lot of active thoughts of suicide or they're really psychotic then for people that are really sick, or the medical term is high acuity, so you can sound super smart you say high acuity, is that those people are best served in person for a couple of reasons. One is you can get a better sense of the energy um, and safety. So a lot of that is really more for safety. In cases where someone's not high acuity, I think it it can be just as good. It's convenient. The great thing is if you're seeing someone virtually, you need about five minutes before your appointment to use the bathroom and have a bio break, maybe get something to drink because you're going to be talking and get a comfortable seat and open up your tablet, smartphone, or your your computer. And then you see your session and once over, you hit off and you go about the rest of your day. So to me, one of the biggest advantages is accessibility and convenience, because then you're not having to try to figure out how to fit it into your schedule. Traffic times, because I, I live in Atlanta, we are the center of the universe for traffic. So you're not doing all of these schedule gymnastics of when can I go? When is there traffic? When is there not traffic? Um, you're also not dealing with the issue of if there's someone that's an expert that you really like, that may be located in your state um, or be licensed where you are, but doesn't live there. If you were going physical, you wouldn't have access. Usually if you're doing in person, you need someone that lives or works in your city. So you get access to more people. So those are some reasons why I, I think it is just as good. But there is also an element of personal preference. There are some people that really prefer in person to be able to feel the energy of the mental health care professional they're working with and there's nothing wrong with that um so the summary is yes virtual can be just as good there are certain situations where being in person is better especially in crisis or high acuity and there's also a piece that's more personal preference some people prefer to be in person listen this conversation is nothing without you so stay right here and we'll be back in a few moments Better with dr. Erica. it's time for what's up with dr erica so as you know i spend a little bit too much time in front of the tv and i kept hearing about the movie encanto so i was like i'm finally gonna watch encanto have you seen it I am officially on the Encanto, watching it multiple times, bandwagon. I totally believe this film is made for adults as much as it is for children. There's a character in it named Luisa. if you haven't seen it, who grapples with the pressure of being expected to carry strong burdens, never show vulnerability, and to always be available to help the family. Usually no one asks her how she's doing or even expects her to have feelings about all of her responsibilities. This is a common theme for so many people, especially women. What is one of the biggest lessons from this conundrums of always having more and more things piled on you with more and more expectations? You don't have to wait for permission to assert yourself or to create boundaries. No, it's not a bad word. I need help is not a sign of weakness. I don't have the capacity to do this additional task. It's okay. My challenge to you is to work on setting boundaries and be aware when you are overwhelmed so you can then set the necessary boundaries to heal. There you have it. You've got this. I I know setting boundaries can, can feel really tough, but if anybody can do it, I know you out there in Better Nation can do it. Better with Dr. Erica. Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle. Show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit JoinBetterNation.com. That's JoinBetterNation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation better with Dr. Erica. All right. So you with me? We still making it? (laughs) All right. I'm enjoying this Ask Dr. Erica situation. All right. So the next thing I get asked so often, and actually quite a few corporations have asked me about this. Um, I got asked about this when I spoke for Uber in the past was how to know when to get help. And that's a huge question and it's such an important question because a lot of times people don't know when to actually see a mental health professional. And then you get into the situation that just hurts my heart. It hurts my heart when people are struggling unnecessarily for days, months, even years and there could have been some help and that's time you can't get back in your life. So let's talk about it. So, when do you, or when should you think about getting some help? There's a couple of things that we look at. The first is impairment. So that's the word. That's like the magic word in mental health is impairment. So that just means how much is what's going on with you getting in the way of you doing your regular stuff, from doing your tasks at home to just feeling like getting out of bed to eating, to getting your work done without a lot of mistakes, to getting it done on time? How much is this getting in the way? Is it getting in the way of your relationships where you're not getting along with everybody? So the first is level of impairment. The next is, do you just not feel like yourself? If you don't feel like yourself, you may need to see someone. The next is, you know, they're always taught about the obvious. Like if you feel really anxious, you feel really sad. Um, one I think people miss sometimes is irritability. If everyone's getting on your nerves and you find yourself snapping at your friends, your family, your other half, your kids, <laughs> people you work with, that you may want to see someone. If you feel like you can't get out of bed or you're so exhausted and you have no energy or you just can't sleep at all, may want to see someone. It's probably time. If just you don't enjoy things and nothing is fun anymore, it's probably time. If you feel like you you just can't put your finger on it, but something ain't right, it's time. The main thing to know is you don't have to be a hot mess to go see somebody for mental health. I'm a fan of the mental health checkup. Just seeing someone say "Doc, am I?" All right? <laughs> and if you are, we are happy to tell you you are great there are some things to work on. We're happy to talk about that too. And and sometimes people actually see us and they don't meet criteria for something big like major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder or PTSD or anything like that. They're just some things they'd like to work on. The thing I urge you is just to consider looking at mental health like you do primary care that sometimes it's, it's good just to make sure everything's together and to work on functioning optimally. So, the last question we got, and and people ask me this all the time, probably not because I'm quote unquote Dr. Erica on the show, but also my baseline demeanor is rather cheerful. Like this enthusiasm you hear, this is me every day. This is me. This isn't this isn't r- radio or podcast, Dr. Erica. This is just Dr. Erica. So the last question is, what do you do to break the monotony of the pandemic? And one of the reasons I wanted to answer this question is, is i know everyone's frustrated because we went into this pandemic with this idea originally that this is going to be two or three three weeks of interruption in our lives and it's been years and life is different and there are some tasks that just feel so mundane between all the hand washing and the physical distancing and the hand sanitizer <laughs> how how do we make this less mundane? So I'm going to tell you a couple of my quick hacks to make these things not feel so painful. Hack number one, I make hand sanitizing fun. Sometimes when I'm waiting for it to dry, I do spirit fingers. Yes, I do spirit fingers to make it a little bit more exciting. Also, one of the things I do is I sing a song in my head when I'm washing my hands. Now, I know we all talk about happy birthday. So I won't lie, for a while, happy, I was feeling like it was my birthday a whole bunch of times a day, every day. But sometimes I just remix it and I sing other songs in my head to make it feel like it's exciting and and that it's not just a boring moment. The other thing I do to kind of break this monotony is I look for changes of scenery and be creative about it. So one of the things I I do when I'm home and it's warm is I'll do a lot of things on the pandemic. I mean, not the pandemic, (laughs) on the patio. So I remember when the movie Without Remorse came out, I did movie afternoon. I took a blanket to my lounge chair. I took my iPad. I popped popcorn, made something to drink. And I literally did movie afternoon on... The balcony. You know, I started traveling for work a little bit, um, and that gives me a little change of scenery. I've done many cabins for a change of scenery. I have watched movies all over different areas of rooms, but sometimes you just have to do something just a little bit different to break the monotony. And the other thing I encourage, and it's something relatively easy to do, is Try new recipes and new food and this is a great time for that because it just breaks the monotony because I feel like one of the things that is difficult with this pandemic is that things can just start to seem kind of dry and bland and it's about creatively bringing in variety. So I hope you enjoyed me answering all of these questions. If you're interested in doing this again, which I'm sure you are, let me tell you where you could submit questions. And we'll probably do at some point, do another one of these Ask Dr. Erica episodes. But I do have a segment that doesn't show up all the time, but shows up sometimes in episodes called Ask Dr. Erica. So if you submit your questions, I'll answer them on the pod. They'll either be answered in a full Ask Dr. Erica episode or in an Ask Dr. Erica segment. So let me tell you how to get those to me. You can DM me on social media at Dr. Erica. Pretty simple. The other thing is you can email hello at Dr. Erica, spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A dot com. You can just email my team at hello at Dr. dot com and send us your questions. Sound like a plan? And that way I can interact with you even more because I have such a great time with you. So first, thank you for investing your time to spend with me. But thanks for investing in yourself because when you listen to this podcast, you are investing in yourself. Thanks for also prioritizing your mental wellness because you deserve to be better, do better, and live better. I'm super excited about bringing so much information to you and just spending more and more quality time so that we can not only just go on this journey of life together, but so that we can grow together and continue to be at our best. The next thing is, this: if you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe. As you know, we are dropping all these bonuses and all this kind of stuff. You don't want to miss any of them. And there are still some more bonus episodes coming up before season three. You're not going to want to miss any of these. And you're not going to want to miss the episodes from season three. So I want to encourage you to follow or subscribe. Also, if you can rate and review, that also makes things even better. It helps me get even more guests and more content can you do that for me? Five stars. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like the Uber driver. Five stars. The next is, I just want to encourage you to have hope and to believe in yourself. So I want to take tell you, take your left hand, put it on your right arm. Take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a squeeze. I know we can't all get all the hugs due to physical distancing, but I want you to get one really good hug in now. I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. If you start missing me, you can always binge past episodes. I got a lot. (laughs) Uh, But until next time, have a better day. I'm so excited that you have been here supporting Better with Dr. Erica along the way. Can you believe we just made it to the end of season two? Season two. First, I have to say thank you for making my dream of being a podcast host come true. Thanks for all your support. And I look forward to bringing even better content for you, which is hard because it's getting pretty good. In season three. Now, while I'm gone, that doesn't mean the episodes will stop coming. You will see some bonus episodes pop up. So it's going to be important for you to follow or subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss a thing. Now, if you start missing me too much, you can always go back and listen to past episodes. Because as you can tell, there are quite a few. So especially if you started listening a little later in the podcast or there's some things that you may want to just listen to again and see what additional knowledge and tidbits you can get. I encourage you to go back and listen to some past episodes and I will be busy like a busy bee coming up with some new great episodes for you for season three. I even started taping some of them and you are going to love them. I know I do, but thank you so much again I can't wait to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for the bonus episodes. Better with Dr. Erica.